0: chapter fifty two of the forty five guardsmen by alexander dumas this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john van stan savannah georgia chapter fifty two how they hunted the wolf in navarre when marguerite left the king she went at once to the apartments of the maids of honour and performed her promise with regard to faussus when she returned the king thanked her warmly and then went up to chicot's room where he found him still asleep henry shook him to wake him come compare said he get up it is two in the morning ah you make me a prisoner cried chicot i an ambassador sire you violate the rights of nations Henry began to laugh and chicot could not help joining him <laughs> you are mad said Henry. why the devil did you want to go away from here have you not been well treated too well ventre de biche too well it seems to me as if i were like a goose being fattened Everyone says to me, pretty little Chicot, how gentle he is. But they clip my wings and shut the doors on me. Oh, reassure yourself, Chicot. You are not fat enough for my table. Sire, you seem very gay this morning. What is it? I am always gay when I am setting off for the chase. Come, out of bed, compare. You want me, sire? Yes, you shall be my historian. To count the shots? Just so chicot dressed murmuringly while the king remained in the antechamber my horse cried henry and tell monsieur de mornay that i am ready what is monsieur de mornay chief huntsman asked chicot monsieur de mornay is everything here replied henry i am so poor that i can afford but one man yes but he is a good one chicot found the preparations much less sumptuous than those of henry the third a dozen or fifteen gentlemen only among whom he recognized the vicomte de turenne formed the whole suite and as they were none of them rich they all wore instead of the usual hunting dress their helmets and cuirasses which made chicot ask if the wolves in gascony used muskets and artillery no said Henry, but they are fierce beasts who have claws and teeth and draw hunters into places where they are likely to tear their clothes in the thorns if they wear silk and velvet or even cloth and buff but not if they wear cuirasses.' "'That is a reason, but not a good one, sire.' "'What would you have? I have no other.' "'Then I must be content with this.' "'You had better.' "'So be it.' "'You are angry at being disturbed for this chase?' "'Ma foi, yes.' "'So you find fault.' "'Is it forbidden?' "'Oh, no.' You understand, sire, I am no hunter, and have nothing to do, so I must amuse myself, while you are thinking of all the wolves that a dozen men are going to kill. Ah, yes, laugh away, Chicot. First it was the clothes, now the number of wolves. Oh, sire. But I must say you are not indulgent, for Bayern is not as large as France, so the king goes there with two hundred huntsmen, I with a dozen, as you see.' Yes, sire." "'But,' said Henry, "'sometimes the country gentlemen, hearing I am going, quit their chateau and join me, which sometimes makes up a good escort for me.' When they had ridden about half an hour—' "'Look,' said Henry to Chicot, "'are not those cavaliers that I see there?' Chicot looked and said, "'Yes, sire, cavaliers, but not huntsmen.' "'Why not?' "'Because they are armed like Amadis or Rolando,' replied Chicot ah what matters the dress my dear chicot you see we are not particular as to that but i see at least two hundred men there ah that is a good number chicot began to feel very curious he had really named too low a number for the group before them consisted of two hundred men who came silently and joined their party each man was well armed and mounted and they were led by a gentleman who came and kissed henry's hand with much devotion they passed the river Gers, and then came on a second troop of one hundred men. The chief approached, and seemed to be making excuses for not bringing more men. Henry gave him his hand. They went on till they came to the Garonne. This they also passed, and about half a league on the other side, three hundred cavaliers, hidden in a pine forest, suddenly came in sight. Oh, monseigneur, said Chicot, are not these enemies who have heard of your chase and wish to oppose it? No, my son, you are wrong. They are friends from uh, Pouzmirol. dear sire, you will have more men in your escort than trees in your forest. Chicot, I really believe the news of your arrival must have spread through the country, and all these people have come to welcome the ambassador from France. Chicot saw he was being laughed at, and felt rather offended. The day finished at Meroy, where the gentlemen of the country gave a grand supper to the king, of which Chicot took his part enthusiastically as it had not been deemed necessary to stop on the road for anything so unimportant as dinner, and he had eaten nothing since he had left Nirac. Henry had the best house in the town. Half the troops slept within doors, the other half in the street where the king was. "'When are we to begin the hunt?' asked Chicot of Henry, as he was undressing. "'We are not yet in the territory of the wolves, my dear Chicot.' "'And when shall we be?' "'Curious.' not so sire but you understand one likes to know where one is going you will know tomorrow meanwhile lie down there on the cushions on my left here is mornay snoring already at my right peste said chicot he makes more noise asleep than awake it is true he is not very talkative but see him at the chase day had partly appeared when a great noise of horses awoke chicot they dressed, drank some spiced wine, and took other refreshment, and then Henry cried, "'De horse, gentlemen! We have a long day's work before us.' Chicot saw with astonishment that five hundred cavaliers had swelled the train during the night. "'Sire,' cried he, "'you have an army.' "'Wait,' replied Henry. "'At La Zerte six hundred more men came and ranged themselves behind the cavaliers.' "'Foot soldiers,' cried Chicot nothing but beaters said the king chicot frowned and spoke no more twenty times his eyes turned toward the country and the idea of flight presented itself to him but chicot had his guard of honor doubtless as ambassador of the king of france and so well was he recommended to this guard that he could not make a movement that was not repeated by ten men this annoyed him and he said so to the king diable said henry it is your own fault you tried to run away from the rock and I am afraid you will try it again.' "'Sire, if I give my word as a gentleman not to do so.' "'That will do.' "'Besides, I should be wrong to do so.' "'How so?' "'Yes, for if I stay I believe I shall see curious things.' "'I am of your opinion, my dear Chicot.' "'At this moment they were going through the town of Montcuc, and four field pieces took their place in the army.' I return to my first idea, said Chicot, that the wolves in this country are different from others and are differently treated. With artillery, for instance." "'Ah,' said Henry, "'it is a mania of the people of Montcux. Since I gave them these four pieces, they take them about everywhere.'" "'Well, sire, shall we arrive today?' "'No, tomorrow.' "'Tomorrow morning or evening?' "'Morning.' "'Then,' said Chicot, it is at Cahors we are to hunt, is it not, sire?' "'On that side,' replied Henry. "'But, sire, you who have infantry, cavalry, and artillery to hunt wolves with should also have taken the royal standard, and then the honor to the wolves would have been complete.' "'We have not forgotten it, Chico. Gris. Only it is left in the case for fear of dirtying it. But if you wish to see it and know under whose banner you march, you shall see it.' Uh, "'No.' no it is useless leave it where it is well be easy you will see it before long they passed the second night at Catou. troops kept arriving all night it is lucky we are not going on to paris said chicot we should arrive with one hundred thousand men the next morning by eight o'clock they were before cahors with one thousand foot soldiers and two thousand horse they found the city in a state of defense monsieur de bazin having heard rumors of the advance Ah, said the king, he is warned, that is very annoying. We must lay siege in due form, sire, said Mornay. We expect still about two thousand men and that is enough. Let us assemble the council and begin the trenches. Chicot listened to all this in amazement. The pensive air of Henry alone reassured him, for it confirmed his suspicions that he was no warrior. He let everyone speak and said nothing. All at once he raised his head and said in a commanding tone, "'Gentlemen, this is what we must do. We have three thousand men, and you say you expect two thousand more, Mornay?' "'Yes, sire.' "'That will make five thousand. In a regular siege we should lose one thousand or fifteen hundred men in two months. Their death would discourage the other. And we should lose one thousand more in retreating. Let us sacrifice five hundred men at once and take Cahors by assault.' "'What do you mean, sire?' asked Mornay. My dear friend, we will go straight to the nearest gate. We shall find a fosse in our way, which we will cover with fascines. We may leave two hundred men on the road, but we shall reach the gate. After, sire? Then we will break it down with petards and go in. It will not be difficult. Chicot looked at Henry astonished. Oh, cried he, perhaps he is a coward and a boaster. Let us not lose time, gentlemen cried Henry, forward, and let all who love me follow. Chicot approached Mornay. Well, Monsieur le Comte, said he, do you all want to be cut to pieces? Oh, we'll take our chance. But the king will get killed. Bah, he has a good cuirass. But he will not be foolish enough to fight himself, I suppose. Mornay shrugged his shoulders and turned on his heel. After all, I like him better asleep than awake he is more polite snoring than speaking, said Chicot End of chapter fifty two Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.